You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Falado on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host. Nicholas Filato, and oh my, what did I just witness with this Bills-Kansas City Chiefs game? I have to dive into that. This was one of the best weekends of football I feel like I've ever seen, specifically Sunday, which was absolutely insane with the Rams and Buccaneers, and then that night game, man. Buffalo Bills at Kansas City. What the heck happened in the final two minutes of that game? The Bills and the Chiefs scored 25 freaking points over the final minute and 54 seconds of regular And I'm talking about Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen. These two are going toe-to-toe. This was no David and Goliath. This was King Kong against Godzilla, two of the premier young quarterbacks in the league. And I have to say, the NFL is in an amazing position right now in terms of their young quarterbacks around the league. Because not only do you have the excellent Josh Allen, who played almost... Perfect in this game. 27 of 37 for 329 yards, four touchdowns, all to Gabriel Davis. Have yourself a day, Gabriel Davis, over 200 yards receiving, and they still lose. And then Patrick Mahomes leading the comeback. Both of these quarterbacks led comebacks multiple times to win the game. Both of them thought they won the game several different times. It ends up going to overtime, and the Chiefs prevail 42 to 36. Absolutely ridiculous, man. But I'm telling you, this league, you have these two absolute studs. You have Justin Herbert. You have Lamar Jackson. You have Joe Burrow. There are so many young quarterbacks in this league. Why can't the Giants get a hold of them? And I came across this tweet that was really, really depressing. It was from Ben Standig of The Athletic. The Bills and the Chiefs scored 25 points over the final minute and 54 seconds of regulation. I just pointed that out. The Giants scored 26 points over their final four games of the season. Oof, rough, rough. But you know what? We're turning the page. Joe Shane is now the general manager. We're covering him extensively over at Big Blue View. We may get a head coach soon. Is it going to be Brian Dayball? Possibly after this game. You know, this is a good resume builder for Brian Dayball. May it be Leslie Frazier? Not so much so. The Bills defense absolutely looked pathetic down the stretch of this game and couldn't do anything. Why not press Travis Kelsey at the line of scrimmage. Why are you giving him a free release? Why aren't you paying a lot of attention to Tyreek Hill, who is an absolute killer in those moments? It's just a terrible, terrible look for the number one ranked defense in the 2021 season, the Buffalo Bills down the stretch of that game. And down the stretch of that game, with 154 left in said football game, the Bills scored a touchdown to take the 29 to 26 lead. Obviously, you have just about two minutes left in this game. So the Chiefs will likely drive down the field and score. That's exactly what happened. Pat Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill on that long touchdown pass for 64 yards, but that left the Buffalo Bills a minute and 13 seconds. That's a lot of time for Josh Allen to drive down the field and score a touchdown, which is what he had to do in that situation. 
and he did just that and he only left Pat Mahomes 13 seconds the biggest mistake Josh Allen made in this game was leaving Patrick Mahomes 13 seconds. That's how good he played. He led a six-play, 75-yard drive in 49 seconds, and he hit Gabriel Davis for Gabriel Davis's fourth touchdown for 19 yards, 13 seconds left on the clock. And what do the Chiefs do? Patrick Mahomes hits Tyreek Hill for 19 yards, and then he hits Travis Kelsey for 25 yards. And they're Bills are playing. They're off coverage. They're playing over the top, but you have to play for the field goal as well. And the Bills gave Harrison Bucker a chance at redemption for missing the kicks earlier in the game. And he hit it. He hit the field goal. And then it came down to the coin toss. And what happened? Chiefs won the coin toss. And I think everybody said, oh, geez, there's no way the Buffalo Bills defense is going to be able to stop the Kansas City Chiefs in this situation. And they weren't able to. Travis Kelsey catches the touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. Eight plays, 75 yards. It took four minutes and 15 seconds. Eight-yard pass to Kelsey. And there was some possible disagreement at the end of the game that the refs thought that he might have bobbled the ball just to add to the drama turns out he did not he got both feet in bounds game over Kansas City Chiefs will host the Cincinnati Bengals another game we're about to break down here as they took down the Tennessee Titans 19 to 16 in a game filled with a lot of field goals but you watch a game like this Chiefs and Bills game and you see just how valuable a star quarterback is And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to proclaim something like that. We saw the Brady-Manning era, and it's hard to make those comparisons. But Mahomes and Allen in the AFC, similar to Brady and Manning, there are similarities there. These two guys could rule the AFC just like those two did when I was growing up and going to middle school. So this is a very, very exciting time for the NFL. I mean, you go through this game... There was a drive where Patrick Mahomes had three huge plays where he had to improvise. He found a Jarek McKinnon when the pass rush was bearing down on him on third down to pick up the first down to extend the drive, and then he picked up two huge runs. I mean, he finished the game as the leading rusher for the Chiefs with 69 yards, and that set up his touchdown run as well on that same drive. Patrick Mahomes, he's not just doing it with his arms. I mean, he threw for 378 yards and three touchdowns, one to Hill, one to Kelsey, one to Byron Pringle earlier in the game, which seems like it was forever ago because this game was absolutely wild. We also got to see a vintage Pat Mahomes sidearm pass around Gregory Rousseau that was completed to, I believe it was, Tyreek Hill. Andy Reid was able to get Nicole Hardman involved. We saw Andy Reid reach into his bag of tricks several different times when the Chiefs were near the goal line. Byron Pringle touchdown was one of them. He also had one where he had the backup tight end use an option play that was snuffed out really well by Tremaine Edmonds. So I just love watching competent football and not even just competent football, but some of the best football minds of our era going at each other. And then you have the athletes involved as well. And I'm hoping that one of the best offensive minds may be a Giants head coach. Brian Dayball, who called one heck of a game. He took advantage of the mismatches along with Josh Allen, obviously with Gabriel Davis. He had a lot of double moves built in to take advantage of the lack of depth at the safety position because Tyron Matthew was injured. So they were attacking vertical, which you can do with Josh Allen, which they were going to do even if Tyron Matthew was there. But then they use Josh Allen's legs. It just seems like Brian Dayball had an answer for what the Chiefs were trying to do. He would slow down that pass rush by hitting Devin Singletary with a bunch of little 
passes out of the backfield. And you want to play a lot of depth against Josh Allen. That makes sense. You want to eliminate the deep ball? Fine. We're going to take the six yards. And I just thought that it was a well-called game by the offensive coordinator. He could be the Giants head coach. He realistically could with Joe Shane coming over from Buffalo. I would not mind that. I would not mind Brian Flores. And those are probably my top two candidates right now. We're going to see a lot going into this week. But this podcast isn't about the New York Giants. So let's dive into that Cincinnati-Tennessee game as well. But before we do that, Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Before last week, the last time the Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game was in 1990-freaking-1. Well, they defeat the Las Vegas Raiders, and then they take down the Tennessee Titans despite the fact that Joe Burrow was sacked nine times, man. Tennessee's defense was all over Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow, man, icing in his veins, dude. He was not phased whatsoever. He finished this game 348 yards, 28 of 37, no touchdowns, had the interception, but put his team in a position after the Bengals defense took advantage of Ryan Tannehill's errors because Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. One of them was a tip pass at the end of the game that was picked off by the Bengals, and that pass was tipped by who else but Eli Apple, former first-round pick by the New York Giants. But, man, I I just had so much respect for Burrow after this game. I mean, I respected him back when he was at LSU and he had that magical run to the national championship in 2019. But Jeffrey Simmons was all over the place, man. He was busting the crap out of the Cincinnati Bengals protection. And a lot of people were like, man, this is why you draft Penne Sewell over Jamar Chase. Well, the connection of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase will say otherwise. Jamar Chase finished this game with over 100 yards. He caught five of his six targets and he caught one of the biggest passes towards the end of the game to set up the game game-winning field goal by Evan McPherson, this rookie out of Florida who's just absolutely cold-blooded, does not allow the moment to get to him whatsoever. And he's a big reason why the Cincinnati Bengals will travel to Kansas City after this 19-16 win because McPherson was 4-4. Four for four. They got these points from Evan McPherson's leg. They got these points because the Cincinnati Bengals defense was opportunistic. Jesse Bates intercepting Ryan Tannehill on his first pass of the game. And then his other two interceptions, Mike Hilton, Logan Wilson. One came on the first play of the second half. The other one was the last pass that Ryan Tannehill threw. Isn't that just incredible? And it sucks for Ryan Tannehill, but it goes to show you how premier quarterback play 
can really assist you. And Joe Burrow didn't throw any touchdowns in this game, but he didn't have to throw any touchdowns. Joe Mixon had his rushing touchdown, and he made the plays when he had to make them. And like I said before, took advantage of the fact that Ryan Tannehill was throwing interceptions. Now, two of those interceptions, of the three interceptions, were tipped, and I do believe that is important. But Tennessee, man, number one seed. A lot of people knew they were a fraudulent number one seed, but this was still a winnable game. They were in position to win this football game, but they shot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in the foot far too many times. And it was the Cincinnati Bengals who prevailed. So kudos to the Bengals. It just seemed like on so many drives, man, it was Burrow dropping back on a third down and getting sacked by either Jeffrey Simmons or Harold Landry. Just so many of those plays. And then you also had on the flip side, since we're talking so negatively about Tennessee, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had a one-handed touchdown catch that literally just kind of was perfectly placed into his outside hand by Ryan Tannehill. And that was a huge touchdown pass that kind of got the ball rolling. You also had a Derrick Henry touchdown run off of Wildcat. So they were kind of going into their bag of tricks as well. Not that we're all that surprised. And it seemed like Tennessee was going to be in a position to possibly win this game. They had the ball with about two minutes left in the game. They're driving. They have a couple Derrick Henry runs. Nothing really is happening. Ryan Tannehill hits Hilliard for a five-yard gain. Sets up a third and five where Ryan Tannehill passes it to Nick Westbrook-Akina. Tipped by Eli Apple. Logan Wilson secures it. And that gives the Joe Burrow-led Bengals the football with 20 seconds left. Now you got 20 seconds for this team. You had 13 seconds for Pat Mahomes. And it was enough time to get in a field goal range. McPherson nails that 52-yard field goal. Advance to the AFC Conference Finals. Good for the Cincinnati Bengals. And then at night, man, San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has lost four matchups in the playoffs to the San Francisco 49ers. That's wild. I don't think any quarterback has ever done that. I think I read that stat or I heard that stat somewhere. And San Francisco was able to go into Green Bay. And I did not think the Packers had a chance to lose this game mainly because Jimmy Garoppolo was going in there with the wrist injury and the thumb injury that he had prior, and then the shoulder injury. And Green Bay, and I've been one in the past to call the Green Bay Packers frauds because it seems like every year they're very, very good. You have Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, and then they lose in just some crazy manner, whether it's they decide to kick a field goal or they don't recover an onside kick correctly. Just something always happens that they lose in either the AFC Conference Championship game or in the divisional round. And that's exactly what happened here. Only in this game, it was an amazing opening drive where Aaron Rodgers led his team down the football field by hitting Devontae Adams, hitting Devontae Adams, and then hitting Devontae Adams again, which set up a touchdown to A.J. Dillon. Now, A.J. Dillon ends up getting hurt, doesn't come back in the game, but you still have Aaron Jones, one of the best running backs in the league. But the Packers' offense just shuts down because D'Amico Ryan, the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers has a great game plan, brings exotic blitzes, does so many different things on the back end, and the Packers offensive line cannot necessarily keep up with Nick Bosa and this defensive front with Fred Warner of the San Francisco 49ers. So it becomes one of those games where it's like, well, the San Francisco can't do anything offensively because Jimmy Garoppolo could have threw three pick sixes in this game. He threw one interception finished 11 of 19 for 131 yards, but San Francisco couldn't move the football because the Packers defense was pretty good. So you're like, oh, well, something's got to give here, right? Well, it comes down to one major factor that a lot of people always overlook. You have the offense, you have the defense, and then you have 
the special teams. Well, the Green Bay Packers played one of the worst special teams games I've ever seen in the playoffs. You have a blocked punt for a touchdown. Give San Francisco their touchdown. You have a missed field goal that's blocked, so it's not even on Mason Crosby. And that blocked field goal came after a huge pass to Aaron Jones. 75 yards on a third and three. And Aaron Jones gets tracked down by Jaquaski Tart. An amazing play by him. It was a huge effort play. And that sets up the blocked field goal. And even though this game wasn't all that high scoring, there were so many just sways of emotion. You had the 49ers turn the football over on downs when they're down 10 to 3. And they went for it on fourth and one, turned it over. Then what happened? Aaron Rodgers gets the ball back, kind of backed up into his own end a little bit. Third and eight, Rodgers gets sacked by Eric Armstead. And that sets up the fourth and 19 punt where Hufanga, rookie out of USC, blocks it. And it's like, whoa, turn for a touchdown, 10-10. This game just got incredibly interesting. All right, but Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball back, but it doesn't matter because he Aaron Rodgers in his offense just couldn't do anything with it. They had a three-play drive, and they lost six yards because they had several just ridiculous penalties. They had a false start. They had an ineligible man downfield penalty. So Bajorquez had to punt the football, and this is with 3.32 left. This gave Jimmy Garoppolo the opportunity to lead this nine-play, 44-yard drive where he was getting the ball to George Kittle. George Kittle had a solid game in this one, and they were also handing the ball off to Debo Samuel. George Kittle had four for 63 on six targets. Debo three for 44, but Debo Samuel had 10 carries for 39 yards, just finishing some of these runs ridiculously, but that set up the field goal for Robbie Gould. And Robbie Gould nailed the field goal, didn't give any Fs about it. 45-yard field goal, and that's all she wrote. Aaron Rodgers eliminated. Tom Brady gets eliminated. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And I want to say this, that I saw this stat somewhere. I think this is the first time in 12 years that Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady won't be in a conference championship game. So wow, turning the tides in the NFL. But good for Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, who seems to now have the best of his buddy Matt LaFleur. And I know I think they are 3-2 and two in favor of Shanahan in terms of their record. For the last two years... Well, last two times, I should say, these two teams played in the playoffs. Shanahan has defeated Matt LaFleur. And last time, it was really, really bad because they rushed for, I think, four touchdowns. And it was just an egregious showing by the Green Bay Packers defense. That was when Blake Martinez was there back in 2019. But this one, you're the number one seed. You have all the hype around you and your team. The team's finally starting to get a little healthy, even though you didn't get David Bakhtiari back in this game. And you can't beat the San Francisco 49ers, despite the fact that the 49ers were shooting themselves in the foot. So many drop passes in this game early on. You had Jimmy Garoppolo making some really boneheaded throws, but your team couldn't take advantage. And all the credit deserves to go to that coaching staff by Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryan, having a great game plan, that defense playing very, very hard-nosed and stopping Aaron Rodgers and slowing down Devontae Adams and not allowing that team to establish their will in the cold, in the elements. It was the San Francisco, the California-based team that wins. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Eli Manning going into Lambeau Field in January against Brett Favre back in 2007, the NFC Championship game that was ended when Corey Webster intercepted Brett Favre in overtime to set up Lawrence Tynes' field goal. Ah, I love it. 
Love those memories. They were great. But let's go on to the last game that we're going to go over here. That is the Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was a freaking awesome game that not a lot of people are talking about right now because the Chiefs-Bills game was insane. But this game was really, really great because the Rams jumped all over the Buccaneers in this one, man. The Rams went up 20-3 in this game, and then they were up 27-6, and I swear every Rams fan and Matt Stafford and Sean McVay, the pit in their stomach just started knotting up, man. It just started knotting up like crazy when the Buccaneers led that 7-play 30-yard drive that was capped off by Leonard Fournette's first touchdown and that came after the fumble from Cooper Cup because before that everything was going the Rams way sure yes they had a the Buccaneers that is had a 10 play 62 yard drive that ended in a field goal but you're still up 27 to 6 but man Tom Brady's missing throws the Buccaneers seem completely out of sync. They missed a field goal in the first half. Tom Brady threw an interception to Nick Scott that was picked off. It just seemed like Aaron Donald was all over Tom Brady, and so was the pass rush, even though they only had three sacks in the game. Only. That's insane. That's still a really solid outing right there, especially against a team like the Buccaneers. Yeah, but they were down Tristan Wirfs, as were the Rams down... Whitworth in this game, but man, those two fumbles by Cam Akers, you just feel the momentum swinging towards Tom Brady, the eventual Hall of Famer, the best quarterback to ever play the game, and that's exactly what ended up happening, because the Buccaneers scored the touchdown to Leonard Fournette, then you had an incredible Von Miller strip sack of Tom Brady. And at this point, it's 14-41 left in the fourth quarter. And I thought, man, this game's over at this point. It's 27-13. Brady was just strip sack. There's no way. Well, in the very next play, Brian Allen snaps the football over Matt Stafford's head, goes back to Tampa Bay. And what happens? Tampa Bay turns the football over on downs. And it was that wild Eric Weddle play where he takes an unnecessary roughness, but the ball bounced on the ground before Weddle hit Mike Evans. So it got tacked on to the offense for the Rams and not given to the offense of the Buccaneers and just a a wild sequence there. But then you had Matt Gay miss the field goal. Matt Gay also was injured during pregame warmups, I heard. So then ball goes back to Tampa Bay. They turn the football over on downs with an incomplete pass to Cameron Brait. And you're thinking, okay, it's 27-13. This this game's still over, right? Well, no, not necessarily. Three and out for the Rams. And then a three-play 77-yard drive that was capped off by a 55-yard Tom Brady to Mike Evans touchdown. And at that point, you're thinking, wow, okay, this is pretty ridiculous. But Rams are getting the ball back. Matt Stafford has a chance. It's 27 to 20, but there's, you know, three minutes left. Sean McVay will turn his offense back on possibly because he got really conservative. It seemed like down the stretch of this game, Cam Akers puts the football on the ground and then seven plays, 30 yards later, minute and 43 off the clock, Tom Brady finds Cam Brate on a third and nine to set up a fourth and one. Leonard Fournette rushes in nine yards off tackle for the touchdown. Game is tied with 42 seconds left. And these star quarterbacks don't need a lot of time as we kind of talked about with Joe Burrow earlier. We talked about it with Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Really, 
What happens? Matt Stafford hits Cooper Cup for 20 yards and then hits Cooper Cup for 44 yards up the seam. Cooper Cup got over the top and it was a beautiful pass by Matt Stafford. Stafford spiked the ball with six seconds left. Matt Gay kicked a 30-yard field goal. Now the Rams are going back to California to play the 49ers. It's going to be a California-based NFC championship game at SoFi Stadium, which is funny because where's the Super Bowl going to be held? At SoFi Stadium, the Rams can do exactly what the Buccaneers did and host a home Super Bowl matchup. It was just an incredible weekend of football, and that Sunday was amazing. I mean, Saturday was great, but Sunday with the Rams 30, Buccaneers 27, and then the Bills losing 36-42 to in the fashion that they lost and how just amazing that game was, one of the best football games I've ever watched. This Sunday was just a treat. The NFL just given right now. These quarterbacks, the coaches, everything is just incredibly enjoyable. And it's going to set up a conference matchup where the Cincinnati Bengals travel to Kansas City. And remember, I think it was like week 15 or 16, the Bengals defeated the Chiefs that was in Cincinnati. So it's not impossible to think they could do that again. Should be an entertaining game. And then you have the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams, an NFC West matchup. The 49ers, the last week of the season, beat the Rams to secure their playoff spot. They beat them 27 to 24. That was in San Francisco. But the 49ers also beat the Rams in SoFi 31 to 10 earlier in the year. I don't think Sean McVay has beaten Kyle Shanahan in the last six games, something I saw on Twitter, which is incredible when you think about it. So Shanahan has McVay's number. These guys were on staff with each other back in Washington under Kyle Shanahan's dad, Mike Shanahan, way back in the day. They know each other well, similar to Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur. They were on that, Matt LaFleur was on that staff as well. So this is going to be a great, great conference championship match. I don't know how you top the divisional round because this was an amazing weekend, but I hope you guys enjoyed all the games. I hope you enjoyed next week. I hope you enjoyed this show. Please head on over to Big Blue View. I am Nick Filato. This is Filato on football. We're going to be discussing on the Chris and Joe show over at Big Blue View. Joe Shane, this head coaching search, and the direction that will hopefully lead the New York Giants to this point, to the divisional round of the playoffs, to the playoffs in general, heck, to a winning season. Giant fans will take anything at this point. But anyways, please, everybody, have a lovely one. Take care, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.